belonging, I think we associate that word with belonging to someone else, being in a relationship with someone else, that intimacy. And what I've come to understand is the first relationship has to be with ourselves. So how do we have love for ourselves again? Because I believe until we love ourselves unconditionally, we're not capable of loving others. So it's it's that um, partnership with ourselves that allows us to have partnerships with others. podcast a show about the power of people each week we explore how great brands and great leaders inspire loyalty build community and grow profits here's an award-winning leader entrepreneur best-selling author and your host devin halliday hey welcome to this week's episode of the belonging factor podcast This is a really cool week. Uh, We're connecting mind. We're connecting body and soul and spirit. We're doing it all this week with our guest, Kristen Swarczyk. She is an incredible woman with an incredible story who does incredible work right now, helping others connect their purpose, their values, heal their soul bring their whole self, whether it's emotionally or physically into a space and how to help others do that. This is a really, really cool interview. So please join me in welcoming Kristen Swarczyk. Thank you, Devin. I'm so happy to be here. Oh yeah. This is, this is good times for so many reasons. Um, so let's see here. Maybe what we should do is we should talk a little bit first about your background and what our belonging factor audience can learn to kind of get to know you. Sure. Wow. Where do I begin? (laughs) So let's start when you were born, if we could go all the way back there. Okay. So I was born into a great family. I somewhere along the way, though, did get the message that perfectionism was the way to be. And I became a straight A student. I was all about striving to be as perfect as I thought I could be. And so that was much of my childhood, uh, creating those standards for myself. And, and, you know, while they were, they were good in many ways, I think they also can set you up for self-destruction at some point. So quite a learning experience. And so now as I'm in a place in my life where I've learned to let go, so I think perfectionism is essentially you're grasping for control and letting go is like the complete opposite of what you can ever imagine doing. So now I'm seeing the beauty of allowing and letting go and it's allowing joy back into my life and it's just so interesting the journey we take. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm glad you talked about that I that paradigm of of 
you know, control and, and trying to grasp for this control because, <clears throat> you know, our, our intentions may be amazing and well-meaning mm-hmm. and we may even acquire some of those things that we're setting out to accomplish, but at what cost, right? What, where else that we're not seeing or feeling is starting to, to get affected negatively and then maybe even start to disintegrate and we don't see it until it's kind of Absolutely. falling all apart, right? Absolutely. And you mentioned in the beginning, the mind, body, spirit, that's where my studies now have evolved. And it's really recognizing that pain that comes from the perfectionism and these unrealistic standards can actually get lodged in the body as disease. And so I share with my clients that it, like, if you split the word up, it's dis hyphen ease. And that's actually what manifests at the worst case into some of these diseases. So um, yeah, it's, it's vitally important that we keep that in check. So, so let's talk a little bit about the work you do, because I mean, you're kind of, I I don't want to say all over the map because you're really focused on being able to be authentically you show up as you be comfortable in your skin, be healthy, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, And that's so important, particularly when you're interacting with others or interfacing in business to be able to, to bring your whole self into that interaction. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so you kind you're very holistic in your approach and how you work with folks. What are all of the different modalities and things that you do? Great question. Thanks for asking. I do work at all of those levels. So I mentally create the mind shifts through self-awareness. Self-awareness is the foundation of everything as we become conscious, as we awaken, and it's very powerful. So that's where the the mind training begins from the body and um, even the emotional level. I say there's four facets. So it's mind, body, spirit, and then the emotions we look at. So I can bring, we'll we'll go back from emotions. I, I look at the emotional scale. So emotional intelligence and how we move from fear and shame to love and taking a look at where you reside. You can identify where you are on that scale at any given moment. So that's really effective. And then um, from the body, we can look at, you know, your nutrition, your, your hobbies and different things you're engaging with to keep your body functioning and optimized. And then spirit comes in with some of the energy healing that I do. And so I explain to my clients that while we have this human form, it's only one part of us. Our spirit's the part that's everlasting. And how do we learn to get familiar with our spirit? Well, what I do is I share with them the chakras, they're called, which we have in our body, which are seven power centers. And that energy, if it's blocked or lodged in some way will translate into pain and you'll feel some of those physical. So if you, for instance, you have a back pain, sometimes it's not related to an injury at all. It's actually the energy being stuck. And so we, in, in sessions, when I have my clients on the table, I'm able to move that energy and they're able to align with their, their true nature. So, wow. It, it, that that's 
got to be, like I said, it's completely holistic and maybe even exhausting because you're working through coaching and, and consulting work. You're working through actual, like kind of personal coaching or individual mm-hmm. life coaching work, uh, almost therapeutic in a sense. And then the therapy of like Reiki and other uh, physical manifestations of working with somebody, right? Um, Absolutely. That's incredible. Yes, it is. And I, I do love working with organizations. So the great thing is I can wear all of those hats. And sometimes I'm doing a large scale organizational engagement, but I can see where all of the personal stuff's getting in the way. Mm-hmm. So through just being curious with my clients and empowering them to be curious with themselves, they start to get a taste of this awareness. So again, the awareness is always what's being leveraged. And then they get to decide how much they want to incorporate on their own personal level. Wow. What a, what a great perspective and lens to be able to come at helping people solve problems. So, so as we do on the belonging factor podcast, I always like to ask the question, uh, and that is, in your own words and in your own experience, how would you define that sense of belonging? Hmm. Wow. Belonging. I think we associate that word with belonging to someone else, being in a relationship with someone else, that intimacy. And what I've come to understand is the first relationship has to be with ourselves. So how do we have love for ourselves again? Because I believe until we love ourselves unconditionally, we're not capable of loving others. So it's, it's that um, partnership with ourself that allows us to have partnerships with others. Powerful. Yeah, I love that. And you know, everybody always has their own take, but certainly otherness and oneness, like to, you know, individualness, both of those things uh, are part of as humans, what we strive to be is connected to others, but also Mm -hmm. understanding of ourselves. Usually it's not till we're a little older till we get to the understanding ourselves part, I right? Know, like for, absolutely for whatever reason, and particularly like gender based, the way, you know, um, girls are raised in our culture and society versus mm-hmm. boys, boys generally are raised with kind of like, Hey, just go out and do your thing. All right. And girls, it's like, you have to look like this. You have to dress like this. You have to act this way. You have to, you know, and, and that's evolving now in, in, our current, you know, generations that are growing up through, uh, through the last several years, but Mm -hmm. man, the, what a way society puts these pressures in and shapes where we have. And you talked about kind of this idea of, uh, early on, I've got to be perfect. I've got to be perfect in school. I've got to dress perfect. All my friends, you know, everybody has to be my friend and they all have to, to think I'm the coolest person or, or whatever it is. For you as an individual and yes. we get older and we go, ah, oh, maybe there's more important shit to life than this, right? Like, absolutely. And, and, and sometimes it takes a pretty big event to trigger us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know for me, my kind of straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak, was when my father passed away and I said, I'm no longer working for somebody else's dream. I'm working for mine. I already affect a lot of people in the work I do. I want to affect 1 million times that amount of people throughout Mm -hmm. the rest of my life here. Um, Let me see if I can do it. So I took that kind of trauma in that moment to say, 
I, I'm not living my purpose. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't belong where I'm at. Uh, I belong somewhere else. Do you, do you have anything like that kind of in your history? I do. I do. I have a few actually. Um, the first you mentioned your dad, I mean, my mom passed away. And so when she passed away, she had cancer. And so that's how I learned about this lodging of pain in the body. I studied it intensely afterwards, wondering where does this cancer just come out of nowhere from, you know, and she was a worrier all her life. And, um, you know, when she passed away, I was actually with her holding her hand and got to see her cross over. And so I actually experienced what they call the afterglow moment where she came to life in after she stopped breathing. So I, I share with a lot of people that that was her parting gift to me. What a beautiful gift, right? To learn that we are so much more than our physical bodies. And so that's the spirit in us. And boy, you know, she was only 62 years old when she died. So I realized how she hadn't been honoring her, her true life. And I was so committed to do that, you know, for myself, but also to honor her by living my truth from that moment forward. So it was, that was the beginning of my awakening right there. Yeah. And that's, you know, there, there are countless stories of this out there and every listener probably has one that they've already articulated where they can say that this was a pivotal moment for me where I made a decision to do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that, that I'd love to talk about is how we kind of have those moments, those kind of trust and let go moments without having to have a big trauma be the, the, be the thing that pushes us forward. Cause when we're talking about creating a sense of belonging or, or feeling a sense of belonging just as an individual, isn't a big part of that being able to show up as yourself, being able to do the thing that you're passionate about, understanding your values and making sure you seek environments that are aligned with those values, feeling mm-hmm. empowered and trusted and part of a community, right? Those, those are the big things. And so part of that ideally is to not have to have people hit a big trauma moment or a big uh, happening in their life to be able to just trust and let go and and move on to the, that next kind of piece that they belong into. So within your work or within your experience, how do you, how do you think we can all start to do that without that big trauma catalyst? I love the question, Devin. It begins with those whispers So we all hear those whispers of our true self. We don't, we don't often realize we definitely hear the loudness of the ego chiming in, which is very critical and telling us we don't belong all the time, telling us to do things differently, aligned more so with society standards typically. But the whisper, the one that you often don't hear, or if you do, you ignore is the the true compass and what i love is we are we have this emotional intelligence center our gps which is informing us through the whispers how to get back on track and so as i look back over the things in my life i can recall vividly those whispers that i ignored they were there and so i encourage all your listeners to think about what are some of the whispers you're hearing 
and start to reflect on those and quiet and see, are you aligned or do you even know your values? Because a lot of the time we have borrowed values, we borrow them. And when they're ingrained in us, by the time we're seven years old and you know, we're living by them, which is perfectionism was not my value, but I picked it up. And so I lived so much of my life by a value that wasn't mine. And so there's so much there to just get started with. So what, and that, that's, that's fantastic advice. And could you give like a moment where you can reflect back and say, Oh, you know, that was a whisper. Because if the trouble is identifying the whispers to begin with, may, maybe there's there's like a specific thing you could share from you, your reflection where you said, oop, that was a whisper. Okay, now here's how I work to be aware of those in the future. Well, I think I felt it every time I reached that pinnacle place in my life and I would get there and I was like, I just really, you know, put myself to the test to get here. Here I am. I should be so happy. And I'm already on to the next thing, right? So those whispers looking back that told me, get some rest, do something for yourself. So, you know, especially when I was going through my mom's journey of, I wore that superhero cape the entire time. She was always my greatest cheerleader. So I was not going to let her down. And in doing so, I had three small children at the time and my marriage was falling apart. And I was trying to wear this cape and my mom was dying. And so I was, that's what I call my unraveling. I never once listened to those whispers and it wasn't until she passed that I recognized, oh my gosh, what is happening here? So it's very clear as I reflect back on the many whispers that told me really just to be present with my mom, that it was okay to cry with her, that I didn't have to be strong all the time. And you know, now I have a father who's going through dementia and I am going through this process with him just in so much gratitude for the moments mm -hmm. and so present that, you know, this is how we learn, live and learn <laughs> through, through learning these things. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. Thinking a little bit about the idea of being able to bring your whole self into any situation. There are probably a number of barriers that, that prevent somebody from feeling comfortable to bring them their whole selves. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Fear is probably a big, uh, big piece, fear of judgment or fear of not being worthy, right. That imposter syndrome kind of thing. Um, and then you know, certainly there's, there's likely a few others, um, stuff that you've been told. So it's not fear, but it's actually this like negative reinforcement over time, whether it was, mm -hmm. you know, a, a boss, a coworker, a friend, a, unfortunately maybe a parent when you were younger. Yes. Um, and, and so what that inhibits is the ability to really feel like you belong somewhere because you know that people don't really know the real you, that you're really hiding yes. some of the real you stuff. Um, so where do you, where do you land on how we can all do better at breaking down those barriers? Yes. Another fantastic question. I would suggest that you 
take a look at um, or, or just understand that it's your unique birthright to be you. There is no one else on the planet that can be Devin. There is no one else on the planet that could be me. And why would I want to be someone else? And we see this all the time in the media or in, you know, people striving just to be an entrepreneur and they see, you know, how they can model what someone's doing and they lose themselves through that process. And you're doing a great disservice to yourself by doing that. And so I've learned that let go of that, that, and again, it comes back to that voice that's telling us to go against the whispers. And so it's, there's so much mindfulness, Devin, wrapped up in this. Again, um, just paying attention to yourself and, and stopping the doing. It's really getting into the being part of us, which involves mm. meditation. It involves the purposeful pause that us as the go-getters, as the, the people that are striving all the time, never want to give ourselves the pause. But the pause is where the magic happens. And that's what's going to prevent you from going so far off your authentic path. The pause. I like this. So uh, the CEO of Twitter, Jack Dorsey, mm -hmm. famously talks about how he meditates for hours a day. Mm -hmm. Now, <clears throat> in my experience, I have a very difficult time getting to that place um, of true um, like disconnect from everything that is in my brain and just kind of empty in that Zen space. And so I can meditate once I get into there for maybe mm -hmm. 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then I, I just kind of start to, things start to swirl a little bit and build back up. And then my brain's engaged again. And I'm like, oh no. Yes. Um, so I, I can't even imagine that idea of, of several hours a day being able to, to, to sit and be in that space. Now, um, but that's not what we're necessarily talking about, right? Like when you say meditation, yeah, that's potentially one piece, but really the other piece is to, instead of fill spaces with more stuff and more things, mm -hmm. to see those spaces for what they are, which is Absolutely. an opportunity to pause. That's a great way of sharing it right there. And, you know, I share with my clients that meditation, it can be moving meditation. Yeah. So a walk in nature. For me, I love to run. When I run, I get all these downloads, you know, and, and so, yeah, you're not really, I mean, you're doing something good for yourself. But in that opportunity is where, and that's why these leaders can, I say, collapse time. Mm -hmm. So you'd think, he should be working all the time, you know, as CEO of Twitter and, and doing all of these things. But no, it's actually taking the time to meditate that you will have these insights that only you can have. Your natural genius, your creative genius comes alive through these pauses in our life. And it's just beautiful when you start to realize that. I'm just soaking in that information you just yeah. <laughs> shared here. I'm like, I'm chewing on my pen. My brain's going like, oh my gosh, look at all these places that I can collapse time. Yes. What, yes. what a superpower. 
it is a superpower. And you look at Tim Ferriss, I love his work with the four hour work week mm -hmm. and these people who are recognizing there's so much more to life than working, but how can we be of greatest service? How can we serve at our highest? It's more of that balance mm -hmm. of doing and being and coming into the optimal use of, of our beingness. So th this is probably a good time for me to ask this question for those who are listening, who are just like, Oh, what the Kristen is like just hitting me right in all of the feels. Uh, what is the best way for somebody to get in contact with you? Thank you for asking. The best way is probably on LinkedIn or via my website. I am always on LinkedIn daily sharing some piece of information or value with my followers. So you can just look me up under my name, Kristen Swarczak, or you can visit my website, which is www liveleadthrive.com. Perfect. And I'll make sure that in the show notes, we have links for everybody to get there nice and quickly. Um, Wonderful. Because certainly, I mean, I'm, I'm already thinking like, hey, you know, is Reiki anything like massage? Because I could use a massage. I know it's not. <laughs> it's not. not. Not at all. It's about it's moving not, energy. It's moving energy. What? I don't even have to lay my hands on you. It, right. You know, it's your personal preference, but you will feel as good afterwards because you're going to have your body optimally using right. your, your energy. So, um, and you know, yoga is a great practice as well that I share because a lot of people think yoga is about balance and it's, it's so much more. In one hour of yoga, you come into alignment with your, your real thoughts, your authentic thoughts. You come into alignment by aligning all of those chakras through the practice of yoga and you're building physical strength. So it's mind, body, spirit, emotion right there in one practice. Yeah. And you're, you're moving energy all throughout your body as you, you go are. through the different poses. Um, the poses are designed to right. really move those chakra, you know, back into alignment. So, and then if you're a glutton for punishment, you do like Bikram or something, right? So, yes, yes, that's your personal choice. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you for that uh, for, for me. <laughs> so, <clears throat> all right. So, we know how we can get in touch with you. Now, who is the ideal client that you work with? What kind of problems do they come to you with that you help solve? I typically work with leaders who often have a lot of pressure in their life. So they may be at the top of their organization and they feel alone. They don't have a sacred container where they can get vulnerable and start to do some of this allowing work and, and coming into balance. Um, and, you know, and it can be really anyone. When I say leader, you know, I see how being a parent, you're, you're, you're a leader. You know, it's, it's someone that's just recognizing there's something more in their life and they're wanting to learn about that. And so through this journey, which I call the journey of a lifetime, you can see all of these things that were never trained. It's, it's, it's so crazy to me that we go through all this school and these life skills are not taught. Even our own values, which we come to live by, we don't talk about them. And so 
it's really, I say, you know, the investment to do this work is you're, you're investing in yourself. Awesome. And so say, what, what did you call that again? The journey of a lifetime? Journey of a lifetime. Yeah. I, I imagine it is very much. It is. I mean, and it's, you know, it's courageous. The people right. that step up to do this work and there's, you know, we're starting to get traction on it. Mindfulness, we're seeing these leaders coming in and sharing that it's it's so helpful to them. So again, the awareness factor is building the momentum of people stepping up, but it takes an awful lot to step out of your comfort zone. And sometimes comfort zones for people are abuse and toxic oh, yeah. situations yeah aren't they and because they, they they insulate you to a, a very minimal degree enough where you are in kind of survival mode in a situation yes, rather absolutely. rather than a comfort zone being that place where you can actually just let your hair down so to speak and just just really kind of regroup yourself and mm-hmm. and and in healthy ways not in yes. this not in this kind of you know fetal position on the floor Mode. Exactly. Exactly. We don't want to get to the fetal position on the floor. And so it's waking up on this journey, which why is why I suggest having a guide, someone that's walked that path that you are going to walk. Because when I went through it, it took a while for me to come into alignment with a coach. And so you learn, you live and learn a lot. And when you have a guide to hold that torch for you and say, this is all normal. It's so comforting to know. And you're able to kind of have somewhat of a map that can prepare you. Yeah. And so to that end, you yourself, and I I talked about this in your bio introduction, but you yourself are not just a person who has the lived experience behind you, but also certified master level in different modalities that you do, right? Certified life coach, certified business coach, Mm -hmm. Reiki master. What else? I mean, a a ton of stuff, right? So, so you, you have both the lived experiences and all of the practical knowledge training and certification to really come at this from a very balanced perspective. Yes. And I share with your listeners to just trust that process. I've always loved to learn. And so I just, you know, enjoy any opportunity that's really resonating with me. And I will continue to be that person that loves to learn. But it does come together nicely when you can just get behind your thoughts a little bit and just relax in the knowing that it'll all work out. I never would have imagined that I would be using my Reiki in organizations today and helping people to see powerful insights from the energy training I had. So it does all come into play and you get to decide how to bring it into play, which is so fun. Awesome. All right. So we're going to, we're going to kind of shift gears a little bit and go, go into um, a couple of just kind of off the cuff, random questions. Great. Cool. So if you had the ability to go back and tell your 12 year old self, the greatest piece of advice that would set you on, you know, a a different trajectory, what would it be? You are loved deeply. 
I think we all crave the love and belonging that we feel must come externally. But just to know that I am so loved, like now I, I have such an open mind to where this love is coming from. My mom, you know, in her passing, I feel her presence all the time. And I know that this exists. I know spiritual beings are supporting us. And so there's, there's higher forms of love always coming into play. And we just don't recognize how much love, I mean, really appreciating even just the love of my dogs and, you know, recognizing there's love everywhere. It's just a matter of how you're choosing to look at your surroundings. And knowing that would have just allowed me to let go a little of all of that striving to recognize that I was born worthy of this love. I didn't need to strive so hard. And, um, you know, I think it, it would have brought me more into balance. That's deep and simple, but so meaningful. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. You mentioned the dogs thing. Um, and, you know, so I think about this too. I, I, I was actually just having a conversation not that long ago with my wife about how one of our boys, he sometimes gets so annoyed when the dogs are kind of up in his face and mm-hmm. try, trying to give him kisses and, and uh, just kind of being energetic and excited to see him. Um, particularly if it's the morning time and he just woke up, He's, he gets yes. annoyed. But later in the afternoon, he will go seek them out wherever they yeah. may be to cuddle them and, you know, love them. And, uh, and so it was like, Oh you know, Why the, why the difference? And you know, so it's so funny, the idea that just choosing to look at one situation through two different lenses or maybe not choosing, but just reactively looking at it through two different lenses, the dogs are there. They want to give you the love and it's annoying to you because you're doing something else. Where else does yeah. that concept show up elsewhere? Where if you just reframed a little, You'd be like, oh, wow, how fortunate I am to have this. This is cool. Let's move forward. Gratitude will shift you, Devin, at any point. And as we look at anything in our life, even the triggers, Mm -hmm. like if we have a triggering situation and we are so annoyed by it, how can we find gratitude? Because when we are triggered, it's allowing us to let go of an old pattern. And so there's so much gratitude that we can have there. And as we have gratitude, like you said, for those moments, it automatically shifts us into a higher vibration or emotional state. All right. So next question, uh, kind of a classic question, Mm -hmm. three people living or dead that you could have dinner with and why? Well, definitely my mother again, she, um, just to give her a hug again and tell her how much I've learned from this journey. I think would just um, be amazing. So she would be one of those people. Uh, Gosh, I've never been asked this question. Three people living or dead? So we've got mom for sure. For all of the wonderful reasons. There's so many people that inspire me on a daily basis. I 
I think Albert Einstein would be interesting. I follow so many of his quotes now and the intricacies of his thought process and the brilliance and what he's learned through trial and error and his persistence. So I think definitely he would be at the top of my list to just to recognize and honor him for for what he's taught us. I think, um, you know, I don't know why this is coming to mind. Christopher Reeve, for some reason, Mm -hmm. I was just reading something that, you know, I honor and respect. Here he is. This is a hero, a superhero, you know. Literally, right? Superman. portrayal, Superman. And now it's interesting that he's coming to mind. It's like surprising me. But at the same time, I'm seeing how this is coming together. I would love to be in his presence where he was incapacitated and to share with him how much respect I have for him and where he is at that place in his life. And it would just be so wonderful to have a conversation with him about that journey and the love that maybe I could afford or to share with him at that moment. And just to say, you are so loved and it's going to be okay. You know, the fear that he must have felt, what a, what a shift in his life at that point. So I just think it would be extremely rich to have that type of conversation with him. Oh, that's really great. So, so not, not even just about what you can get from them, but what you could give as well. Yes. So well, uh, in giving, we get so much. So I think it's recognizing that we do. This is why giving is always greater than taking, right? Mm-hmm. Taking is, is very much transactional. Maybe for the other person, it's their giving that, and then they're get, getting, you know, that, 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 that overwhelming feeling as well out of being able to give to others. And this is why I always advocate if somebody is willing to give you their time, their love, their attention, um, take it. Yes. D- don't, don't say, ah, oh, no, I'm okay. It's all good. Because there's, there's a gift there that is not just there for you, but it's also there to fulfill the person offering it. Right. Absolutely. And, and by turning it away, you're denying both of you that ability to have that. Um, and same thing when you mm-hmm. give, don't give with the expectation that you're getting something back. Um, give because it's just better to give. Yes, it is. And that's how true service comes into play. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. So that, that, that was our, that was our couple of like, you know, just kind of fun, get to know a little bit about you questions. Great. Um, so let's talk. Lastly, here a little bit more about the the concept of belonging, and for me and and on the podcast, what we often talk about is from a perspective of a leader trying to create a sense of belonging in their organizational culture. Uh, we also talk about it from the perspective of a brand trying to create it within its customer base. Mm-hmm. But the the dynamic that we've been talking about more today than anything else is as an individual, whether you're a leader or an individual contributor or prospective customer, but just a person showing up in different ways that can help you be your authentic self um, and show up in ways that, that can help you be more available and open to situations to really figure out where you can belong. So that's, that's mm-hmm. kind of where I feel like we've been talking so far. So what I'd love to do is wrap with a couple more uh, pieces that dig into sure. that concept. Great. So what, 
what is the one tip that you could give anybody listening right now who feels like they struggle in the workplace to have a voice? Mm, I think it's pretty common too. I would suggest looking and getting familiar with where that fear is coming from. I think we can start to have compassion for ourselves when we can identify the fear, maybe link it to a situation where we had pain and and recognize that that's not going to repeat itself and that it's through the the learning and growing of the experience that they can. And again, I think it comes back to the fact that it's it's really our responsibility to have a voice. If we're not sharing, the world cannot benefit from us. So I, um, you know, while also balancing the judgment factor, it may take time. Maybe you have a voice by writing your thoughts. Maybe that comes easier. What are the baby steps? You know, I, I love Gary Keller's got a, a book called The One Thing. You know, what's the one thing you can start doing today? And I think it's a great way to live is just don't put too much pressure on yourself, but start moving in that direction. Awesome. And so next question then. What is one tip that you could give to anybody listening who feels like they are in a kind of echo chamber or an environment where the the same message is just constantly repeated, you know, around the circle, boss to frontline, back up to boss, and there's no room for somebody to have a different idea? Hmm, like the group think group concept. Think. You got it. Yeah, well, I mean, I think recognizing, number one, that you always have a choice. You have a choice to stay. I mean, if it's so pervasive that you are feeling stifled and you can't grow, I mean, there can be very toxic situations. I think it's really breakthrough of yourself to share your thoughts about it. And I can maybe offer a suggestion as a coach. What I use as a tactic there is to simply get curious, perhaps saying to the leader, well, can you tell me more about that? What is it that has you thinking that way? Very simple questions can almost get the leader at sometimes questioning their own thoughts about it and wondering, wow, I think I'm just adopting that from somewhere because I really am not aligning right now with it. So perhaps that's a um, strategic way that you can go about it to have a voice. I love that. All right. And then last one. One tip that you could give to somebody who has done the necessary work to really identify that this is not where I belong, Mm -hmm. but they're afraid to leave. Mm. Yes. Another common situation. And I, there's, um, so the one thing that I would share with them is recognizing that that bridge will appear trusting that when you step out onto your authentic path, the bridge will appear under your foot. It's, it's having the faith and the belief to stand in that. And it may not be immediately, but again, you're going to put those, those beliefs to test and um, to really stand in the principles of honoring ourselves through this journey of a lifetime. So trust and faith 
and honoring yourself so deeply that you're going to be okay with it. You're going to be okay with all the parts of it. And just loving yourself, loving the five-year-old within you that is brave in that moment to move forward through the process. That's excellent. And I got this visual as you were talking and I, and I, I feel like I'm borrowing this visual from a movie. I don't know if it was an Indiana Jones movie or the mummy or, or something, but there was, there's a scene I had in my brain where, you know, the, the hero is uh, trying to recover yes. something and, and, and steps out onto what this, this like fable said is a bridge, but yes. it's, it's a, it's an empty chasm. I, I want to say it, it was, was maybe Indiana a mummy. Jones, I think, oh, I think there was like, it's called the precipice. It's like in the yeah. hero's journey right. where you're stepping out and going across, you know, and, the and, vast unknown. Yeah. <laughs> and there, there was literally no bridge there, but so I had to trust that Yes. It was this invisible bridge. And that as soon as he put his full force of weight down onto that step, it would be there. Yes. And it was and, there. Mm -hmm. So what? Yeah. So that's the visual I had in my mind. But Oh my gosh. How much trust in yourself yes. does that take? Because it really that's what it is. A, it, a it ton. Does. A ton. And that's why I say this, this is the bravest thing you can do because these principles require us to believe before the tangible is there to believe in ourselves, in our spirit, our essence, the things that aren't visible that are everlasting in the end. And it's just such a beautiful journey. And it, and it comes back to the simplistic nature of, we don't need all these tangible things. But we you sure know, like them, don't we? We, we like we, them. We love our nice house. But we don't we need our, them. No, we don't. No. So. All right. So I, I, I just wrote down like literally everything you said in that last moment. <laughs> um, and you have to believe before the tangibles there. The, okay, cool. So holy smokes. And But this is why it's so important to also identify when it's time to work with a partner or coach, right? To somebody, yes. some, somebody who not just maybe has a, a similar background and lived experience um, or a bunch of training, but just from the perspective of someone who can see and offer insights that help you unlock that part of you or help you take that journey um, with a person who can guide you through the steps that you're so unsure about, right? Absolutely. Because it can get really dark before like the dark night of the soul you hear about. Well, the darkest hour is right before the dawn. And I share that with my clients and just knowing that allows you to keep going through the darkness. So yes, it's so vitally important to kind of know this is all normal. And to the point we talked about earlier, um, hopefully doing it when it's, you know, dusk rather than midnight right not waiting mm -hmm. for that trauma to right. really hit and you go oh man okay it's time um and and being able to do that a little earlier this has been a wonderful perspective for me to talk about and learn about when taken in context of everything else here on this podcast that we typically talk about this has been personally just so enlightening for me and given me so much warmth uh as Aww. Thank at, you. At, yeah, absolutely. No, thank you. Just just thinking as a person who has to show up every day myself and go through the same struggles that everybody else does in overcoming, you know, so, some of these mental blocks, the things that tell me I'm not good enough or I am not, you know, 
experienced enough or whatever it is that might prevent me from taking a step that is the right step. So thanks for encouraging me too. And I know our listeners got a lot of value out of it. Thank you, Devin. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to continue to do this, um, this kind of delving into the personal part of the dialogue that we've started today with Kristen. So make sure that before you take your AirPods out of your ears, you click in the show notes, you go click on one of the links, connect with Kristen. She has some amazing content that she just kind of gives to everybody, to the whole world, freely and openly through LinkedIn um, and, and connect with her on her website. Go check out the amazing things that are happening. And as always, if you love what you heard or you have something you want to offer in return, send an email to ibelong at belongingfactor.com and uh, we'll do our best to answer any questions you have. Certainly, I know that uh, I have been provoked with a lot of thought today. So thank you again, Kristen. It's been amazing. So maybe it's time to take your side hustle up just another little notch, or maybe you've started a business and it's time to grow, or maybe you're just looking for a place to hold meetings, or like me, you're looking for a partner who understands you, your business, and is willing to work with you to figure out how to make your business, your clients' dreams come true. My partner, Serendipity Labs, in the Strip District in Pittsburgh, Serendipity Labs is all over the country though. And let me tell you what. If you're looking to do any of those things, or maybe launch a book like I did with my book party at Serendipity Labs, you need, you need to check them out. I work with the most amazing people there with Paige and Edie, who absolutely look after me in a way that I feel incredibly unique and special, but I see them do it for all of the residents and members that they have at the lab. So whether you're looking for co-working, temporary, permanent office space, meeting space, or a place to give your new business a very professional image in front with all of the facilities and amenities you would come to expect from the best in the world, then go check out serendipitylabs.com. And if you are in the greater Pittsburgh area, go see Edie and Paige. Say, hey, you don't need to give them any special promo codes. You don't need to give them any special discount names or say Devin sent you down. They're going to take care of you, just like you're part of the family.